G, I put a thousand jumpers up. Word to Dapper J, I put a thousand jumpers up. When I'm ending off my day, I put a thousand jumpers up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? It's your boy, Gerald Walker, tapping in. One step at a time is a lifestyle blue-collar gang. That's the family. You're now rocking with my boys over at A Thousand Jumpers, the best podcast in the motherfucking world. When you live and nothing comes as a surprise. When they disrespect, I've learned to let it slide. And when relationships, they tend to go bad, I never chase More than likely, it's just a blessing in disguise Look outside, every three months, you see the seas change It gets hotter, it gets colder, but it never stays the same Yesterday, it's gone forever, that's some shit you can't regain So excuse me if I'm blunt and say whatever is on my brain I'm Gerald Walker, who wrecked the city of Milwaukee Man, a place my mama brought me when I was 12 And then she dropped me off on the Lower East Side Where the niggas out there talk me, it ain't no time for slipping up I mean that shit is kinda costly, but it's all about the timing Had a dry spell, but every cloud has a silver lining I'm the light, okay I'm talking, but I'm my best when I'm just shining My shit is steady climbing, and I gotta put you bitch niggas behind me Listen, baby Zero to sixties, how we do the thing Just look at us and look at them, and they don't do the same Do the same, do the same They'll come make you a blame And try to talk shit all about you and her just keep going, because we going, and look we going, because we going, just keep going, because we going, and look we going, and just keep going, 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 baby. ever been like more excited for a guest i don't know man i'm i'm pretty pretty hyped right now i got my co-host my brother you, you. bobby g i go by the name Gerald dapper j and i got someone i've been listening to this guy for a long time um and we're nice. we gonna touch into like the history <laughs> yeah i've definitely put rob on his his music sent me um but yeah man without further ado i gotta give a, a big welcome wow. to the podcast with my with my guy Gerald Walker. Gerald, what's going on, bro? You how how you living, man? Oh wait, Gerald, we can't hear you, dog. You hear me? Yeah, we hear you now. You good? Oh yeah, my bad. My yeah yeah, everything good, man. Um, shit, I'm living. If I'm gonna do anything, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Yeah, hundred percent. So, with everything that's going on, like, how how are you mentally? Like, how's your headspace? You know, what what you doing at this current time? Like, to to get over everything. Yeah, you know. Um, so I had dropped my project like a week ago, and um, you know, whenever I drop a project and I'm promoting like that, I already I already be kind of like physically tired and mentally kind of drained. Yeah. And, um, after the album was out, the project was out. I was like, "Damn, okay, it's good." But then the George Floyd shit happened, and then it kind of zapped me emotionally too. You know what I mean? Right. So I just went and booked a few flights and had to get away out of New York for a while. So I just been traveling. You know what I'm saying? Trying to just you know clear my mind and resting for real. Just you know staying out the way. You know what I mean? Let the warriors get to it, and then you know when they get tired, I'm gonna tap back in and get at it too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so when you get away, like because you you set your own schedule, like is it until you feel fine or is it like you're gone for a week, a week and a half, a month? Nah, you know, it's it's usually for a set amount of time because, you know, I got I mean, I'm, I'm a I'm an operation. So, you know, I can't get away too long and things start to unravel. But, um, you know, for like a week or so, I'll, I'll just, you know, 
I eat good, I sleep good, I, you know what I mean, just unplug off the social media and shit, maybe go shopping by myself something, but usually I like to just travel and get out of the city and maybe go around and, you know, see some, um, just get some variety, you know what I mean? 100%. So you you say you just dropped a new EP. Why? Well, first first and foremost, why an EP and not a full length project? We haven't got one from you in quite some time. Yeah, you know, um, projects at least the way I do them are really really expensive. You know, EPs are hella expensive. The way I do them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, man, I'm sorry. I got it. Hey, I mean, we was just talking about the last dance and that shit. You know when um. Mm-hmm. When Phil Jackson is like, yo, you remember when Phil Jackson was like, um, he said, yo, Mike, um, I, I got someone to tell you. So, um, <laughs> then it feels like he needs a vacation. <laughs> and, yo, and then Michael Jordan's like, vacation? Vacation? He might need a fucking vacation. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I forget the question, bro. My bad. <laughs> Yo, you know when you just tired, you fed up, you just forget this. It's like, nah, this, I mean, hey, this is this is history in the making for me. So, yeah, yeah, I, no, I, I, it's like you, you dropped your project. Uh, mm-hmm. The world will spin without you. Okay. And I, I love your titles. We definitely gonna get to your titles because you've had some of the catchiest in years. But I wonder why an EP and not a full project. We haven't got a full project since Target, and that was four years ago, four or five years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I mean, that was a that was a hell of a long length too. That was a double album. Yeah, uh, still and, fire, you know, by the way. <laughs> man, I appreciate it. And yeah, since since then, you know, I I really feel like you don't see a lot of um, you don't see too many projects at that length. You know, what I mean, I think Crit may have did a double album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Brown did one. Um, Chris Brown always do. He doing quadruple albums. <laughs> <laughs> he can do that. Yeah. Chris Brown got like year round albums. <laughs> yeah. So and the thing is, you know, um, I, I just felt like the um, the consumers weren't really listening to music like that. I felt a lot of music releases where it used to be like here this week, gone by the end of the week, but now it's like here this morning, gone by five p.m. Like niggas yeah. doing something else. So um, I just it just made a lot more sense to just condense it, spend less, and, you know, let people digest it more, you know what I mean? I, I feel that. Um, I think one of my favorites, I was just running through right before we did the interview, all good things. Like, one thing I was telling Rob, um, for those when, that, when y'all hear this, uh, the the um, Kurt Franklin, Fred Hammond battle, I was like, yo... Gerald is a huge Kurt Franklin fan, so I wanted you to talk about like the family, like the, the family on all good things. Yeah, it's outstanding, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, um, you know, those dudes have had a really indelible effect on just who I am as a person and in my music. And um, seeing that battle was great. And in 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 at the time that they had it, I felt like a lot of people um could have used it. You know what I mean? And, um, but yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I mean, it's the family. The family is now the, on the 7,000 now. So, I mean, um, but they killed it now for sure. What what made you change the name from the family to the 7,000? And what does that mean, per se? So, yeah, um, the family, I felt like that was a name that was already kind of taken a few times over. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I was like, let me do something more original. And the 7,000 was just a story. Um of a prophet who had kind of like I think it was this prophet who had went up against Jezebel and he defeated her and then she threatened him and for some reason he just got really spooked and, and he was just was kind of bent into God and was just like yo I'm the only one out here that's really out here doing something like you know like where you at and I'm the only one and God was like listen you don't really know what you're talking about I got 7,000 right now that ain't never about they need a no one you know what I mean? And when right. I read it, I was just like, damn. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, like, so that's Shout what I mean. my, my, my boys is. Like, we ain't always got to be the most popular. We ain't even really got to have our names in the history books. But, you know, like, we out there, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and we already ready to get down if we got to. You feel me? So. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, since we're speaking on gospel and Kurt Franklin, Rob and I, were, I mean, we, we grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. And... After hearing that battle, <laughs> I, no, I mean, <laughs> hey, I went to it, church it when I grew up. Yeah. 
But like after watching that battle, Rob and I both kind of agree. Like, yo, Kirk had a flawless twenty. Do you think there's a greater like gospel artist? Like for our time, I'm like, yo, Kirk really never missed, bro. Like ever. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, <clears throat> Kirk really never missed, bro. <laughs> he never, he never missed. In um, I want to say. The worst Kirk Franklin project was probably Kirk Franklin presents the the um, One Nation crew, and, and that album is crazy. <laughs> that album is crazy. That's your floor. Like, if the One Nation crew is your floor, bro. Like, come on, stop it. Man. But you know what? The thing is with Fred though is like the problem with Fred is that Fred was choosing his own songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and artists sometimes you can play some joints that's just like, yeah, all right. But like in my opinion, I feel like the greatest gospel albums of all time are Fred Hammond's The Inner Court and Fred Hammond's The Spirit of David. And yeah. What's so crazy bad mm. is that Kirk Franklin was like, bro, no weapon is the greatest gospel song that was ever written. You know what I mean? Like right. that, yeah, it's in there. Song, yeah. And that song, No Weapon, was on the spirit of David. You know what I mean? So, like, Kirk, man, he just, he got great albums and he got hits. You know what I mean? But Fred can sing and he can produce. He produced all his records. He produced for other people. He. Nah, it's it's definitely like those, those were by far the two, two of the titans where you're like, oh, Fred Hammond. And Kurt Franklin, but, like Fred Hammond, got that voice, bro. Like yeah. that distinct voice. Like once you hear, you like, all right, it's about to be song, right? And then, like, but you know, you got um, but then you got they they choirs. You got the, you got the family and God's property, and then you got radical for Christ. Man, like, and like, nah, I tell you, like Kurt. I tell you, for me, Kurt Franklin is like the gospel puff, like. That's why I don't think anybody can touch Puff in the versus battle. It's like I don't think nobody in gospel can see Kurt. You don't think you don't think Drake will fuck with Puff? No. Like people think it's like, yo, Puff got twenty biggie records. Yeah. Dre don't Dre don't got most of Pac stuff. But I mean Dre, we talk about like I mean if you go back and listen to like God like gangster rap, like go listen to the greatest like like when ice T was coming out with his gangster rap like that was mm-hmm. Crenshaw gangster rap and that was like the most gangster shit at the time and then you know he was fucking with like africa not africa bambada but um, africa islam and the production of them joints was like all right but then like mm-hmm. they just started doing like nwa and a posse and the beast was like oh all right that's and a fact easy does it and they were like oh all right Mm-hmm. And then when niggas came out with straight out of Compton, it was like, oh nah, like yeah, nah, no, Drake's crazy. You know people man? can't, they ain't think, but maybe one or two people that can beat Drake. But Puff is like, Puff got that. But then like, what happens when Puff bring up Mary J? Like, what do you do with that? He got ten Mary records. Yeah, but see, the thing is about Puff like, too is that like Puff is a producer, but like Puff don't really be like. Like Puff, nah. I mean, I I can't take nothing, Puff, man. I can't take shit from Puff. It'd be his idea. I've been telling people like, yo, fam, it don't matter if he don't make the beat to Juicy, but like, Big would have never rapped on that beat. He would have never thought of making a song like that. But Puff, yeah. Puff, mind, man. And now and you got one of know, the like, best rap records of all time. But I think I do think you got a good point by saying like Kirk Franklin is like the new Puff because they both kind of really, you know how they he got that greatest hits called I Invented the Remix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so like you know, when Stomp ain't nothing but One Nation under a groove. That's what I'm saying. Or then you know, like um, uh, he, he got the he they just all remixing shit like that. You know what I mean? But and like he he know how to make that stuff hit. Like Kirk is just like I feel like every year I was getting more like stuff I could sing in church, bro. Like <laughs> Stomp is the one. <laughs> It's one of the few gospel records that could come on in the club, and the club wouldn't like go question. They'd just be like, "All right, bet we about to yeah, have like, a little praise." Stomp is up there with uh, shackles. Wow, true, you know what I mean. And and you know the crazy thing about Kirk Franklin, and it's the, I'd say you a statistic about him that you don't really hear. Um, Stomp was the first top forty song, first gospel song that ever hit top forty. Mm. Kirk wow. Franklin and the Family. Um, debut album, just a self-titled album, Kurt that had um Keys Able and Silver and Gold and shit. Mm-hmm. The first gospel album to sell a million units. You know what I mean? The first what? album to platinum. You know what I'm saying? Mm. 
That's crazy. So even like when, because if you notice, like when when I think like when when Fred Hammond was doing them records, like they was doing um, like the inner chord and the like them joints was indie. Them they came mm-hmm. out of Benson records. Yeah. Kirk when they went into gospel centric to Sony and it just opened up, bro. Like. The labels right. like, nah, who else is killing it? Okay, you right, know, right. Fred Hammond, bring him over to Verity, which is Universal. Mm-hmm. John P. Key, Hezekiah, Donald Lawrence. And you know what I'm saying? He, he really did open it up for so many people. So, like, bro, but like between Stomp and like Shackles, bro, those is like probably the two biggest like mainstream gospel records. Like, Shackles was. Shackles is crazy, like that. Yeah, like take a shot. Yeah, nah, that. Wait, I play. I be at nine, playing nine five five. That joint come on, like. <laughs> so, like but I like. I'm gonna tell you. I will be like, um, like I said, Donald Lawrence is another one of those dudes. Who probably Monster, the, bro. He probably has the Donald Lawrence might be the greatest gospel songwriter of all time. Mm. Like, ain't nobody with a better pen than him. You, you might be right. You know, I mean, you might be right. Dude that's written for Kirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kirk writes for niggas, but this nigga go write for Kirk. You know what I mean? <laughs> <That's>... <clears throat> and um, it's crazy. I always thought that shit, all that, all that, all, the whole the gospel industry during the '90s was just fascinating to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like um, the God's Property album came out on Interscope. They write dead ass, like which was yeah. a gangster. Right, was a gangster rap label at the time. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> they put that joint out, so that's like crazy. I feel like we can get this bag <laughs> all day. But, um, I, let, let's stay current, and then we definitely go on time travel a bit. Um, you got to tell us, you went from, you were independent. Um, you still technically kind of are independent, but you're, you're signed the Stylies label. Like, how did how did you join the Blue Collar Gang? Like, how did that come up? Because when it came, I was like, he did what? All right, bet. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the crazy thing about that is that I'm not signed to no one. I'm not signed to Blue Collar Gang. You know what I mean? Um, I'm still, I still own 100% of my masters. I own all my music. I own all my copyrights. And um, I think why that's so important, though, is because, like, I think when Stiley was over at Atlantic and he left Ross, um, mm-hmm. he wanted to do his own thing. And he didn't really like how, you know, the whole... Um, the industry was set up or the economics was set up to kind of like you own a piece of an artist shit like that so mm-hmm. um, when he approached me you know it was um really under like a management situation but um you know uh you know Stali is really one of those things where he's like he's like yo bro you come over here it's like being in a it's like being a going pro you know like we're yeah. not gonna be on your ass. We're not gonna tell you to be professional. We get a, a, a something lined up for you. We're not gonna tell you to do that shit. Like if, if we fucking with you because we it's a proof. We got proof. So do your fucking job. And you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like it because I'm that type of dude. And um, yeah, but I own all my shit. Like when um, ESPN chose my record time for the theme yeah. song, like all that money came to my pocket. You know what I mean. And, um, and 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 you know. As my management, you know, Stalin and them and BCG, they could have had like a legal right to it, but they was just like, nah, my nigga, like, congrats. This your shit. Eat that. Oh, wow. That's, that's hard. I, that's major. I always say that and say that I'm not on papers and it's not to be like self aggrandized and make niggas think more of myself, but it's like, now you got to really applaud niggas like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You do shit like that. So, so I, I want to touch on, you know, you being independent. Like, for. Explain the life of an independent artist because Ra, I don't know if you hit like if it wasn't for this coronavirus, Gerald would have definitely been to another country by now. Like Gerald's worse than one of our homies, Big Ra, that just you look up like how did he get there, bro? Like he's everywhere. Explain how how you're able to to you know maintain yourself and be self sufficient for so long. Um. How I'm able to maintain myself with social distancing? Not even with social. I mean, you can touch on that, but I'm just saying, like financially, uh, like because yeah. being a rapper to, to try to break through, it costs yeah. money. Like, mm-hmm. so how are you able to take care of yourself? You know, I man, I always just see like a lot of people just be thinking I got mad money. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm just making all this shit. But you know, I just live by. Um, I keep my expenses low, bro. I keep mm-hmm. my expenses low. And um, I think when a lot of my homies and a lot of my friends were like doing shit like um, getting houses and getting cars and like 
getting uh, possessions that will really tether them. I just wasn't doing that shit. I'm like, I'm going to make my money. I'm going to stack my money and I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. And um, so I'm not going to get saddled with that and a whole bunch of shit that I can't move around. So, you know, Stolly like, yo, like when Stolly, when we went to um, South Africa, we was literally in the Uber. He was like, yo, Wednesday, we going to South Africa. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hard. I was just able to do that. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, I would just say, you know, just earn, earn regular, get your money. I, I own a couple businesses. And um, oh, we gonna touch on that. We're we're definitely gonna touch on that. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, bro, it ain't even that I make a shit ton of money. You know, I do very very well. I'm definitely blessed, but I just keep my expenses low, bro, and, and spend my money wisely for real. Ooh. So how's the how's the tour food? Yeah. So, all right. Go ahead. So, yeah. So like, yeah. So how you eating on the tour, man? You know, how do you stay healthy on the road with your lifestyle? You know what? When it's a lifestyle, you don't really think about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's muscle memory. I've done this shit, like, the same thing over and over and over and over. And, um, you know, that's, be, I mean, and I think a big reason why it's so easy for me is because I had plenty of times in my life where nothing was moving in my life, bro. Like, nothing was going on, nothing was happening, but I always stay committed and committed and committed. And, um, like, I always say, like, a lot of people have talent and charisma to get them to where they want to be, but they don't have the character to keep them there. Mm. And when I say the character is like, yo, bro, like, you know, when you you a man, ain't nobody going to be telling you to do shit. You either got to do it or don't. You feel me? So, Facts. you know, I'm just a firm believer, like, shit, if I'm going to do everything that I feel, if I'm going to do and execute everything that I feel like God really want me to do, I got to be healthy. So that's just like, I don't even think about it. It's just what I do. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'm gonna grab a soda, you just grab a broccoli. Just do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I go I grab a soda out the fridge, you grab a piece of broccoli. Exactly, bro. Or like See, okay. Niggas grab Twix and shit. I mean I fuck with Twix too, I go like niggas grab Twix is a classic. It's so fire. I ain't had a Twix in about a few years though, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I ain't been trying to catch the diabetes, B. So, like, <laughs> I stopped eating candy, like, all together, bro. Yeah, well, I just grab some fruit or protein bars, some shit like that, drink water and shit, you know? If you could be sponsored by a water, like, which company would you want to be sponsored by? Um, Probably New York, City of New York, tap water. <laughs> New York tap. Sam, yo, I'd seen a, um, a, like a little documentary or something. They were talking about how they would bottle New York tap water and as um, sell it as something else. Bro, yeah. Like, like, New York tap water is really the best. Like, I remember. But that's Kanye a thing. West, Kanye West had a tweet and it was just New York tap water. Like, <laughs> 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 no, like, New York, like, bro, there's, there are pizza places in San Francisco mm-hmm. that shit the New York water. Yeah. Francisco just to make they dough. For the, yeah, but I say, yeah, for the dough. Shit. I know people do that for, like, bagels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's, New, that's dope. Like, nah, in New York, I would just say, yo, the city of New York, like, just, let's make some, let's make a little health campaign or something and just, you know, <laughs> give me free water. Give me and my family free, no more water bills. We can just do that, you know what I mean? Oh, man, that's something like... That's a paradise right there. And some tax credits. Give me like a million of tax credits. Oh, <laughs> so, Rob, we got we got to take it back, man. I discovered Gerald Walker, I would say 2010, like right before Thanksgiving. And I can't even think of the first song I heard, but I remember hearing, you know, the mixtape. I remember when this all meant something. Jerry, I got to thank you, bro. Like, that mixtape, bro, I still give that spins to this day. Like, tell me from then to now, this is a 10-year gap. What was your mind state when you made that mixtape? Bro, my whole life was falling apart. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's perfect if you a nigga whose life is falling apart. <laughs> Rev was going through it. We was I, in school I was, together. Man, I had some problems and all that. Like, it, yeah. yeah. Like, I made that shit. I just took all that angst and all that energy, and I just poured it into my music. And, and um, you know, that was, it was, I ain't have nothing. I was broke. Like, I was extremely overweight, bro. I just had nothing going for me, and that was still some of the Damn, bro, you was fat? No, I was I was a portly nigga, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Like, <laughs> Yo, you know what's bad niggas say portly, bro. <laughs> yeah, nah, but, um, nah, bro, like, that shit, 
that shit was it was fun though. You know what I mean? Like it was one of the moments where you'd be like, damn, that shit was fine. Uh, so like, let me uh like wait go go ahead Rob I was gonna say uh, let me piggyback off that um you talking about projects like in the totality like what's um which project would you say is your toughest to was your toughest to write probably Target my debut double album because I knew that that was gonna always be in my history as my debut album or that was gonna always be an album mm-hmm. and, um. You know, it was a double album, first side. This first side is really talking about hitting your targets. Second side, like, not really becoming a target. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And um, I was just trying to get my social narrative on. And, and a lot of shit, like, like I've been running back this song I got on an album called Don Zigger, which is about the sh- shooting of Don mm-hmm. Zigger Bridge um, in the wake of um, Hurricane Katrina. And that shit is just still so relevant today with the killings of, like, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and Breonna Stone and shit. You know what I mean? So that was really difficult, man. Um, you know, I had to foot the bill for a lot of that shit, too. So um, I, I probably grew the most in my life making Target. So mm. so I'm, I'm glad you brought up Target, Rob. You got a song on there. And I remember, uh, shout out Cardo. Uh, we, we definitely, I want to touch on y'all history, too. And he was like, yo, man, Gerald got this one song called Wall of Jericho. It's one of the best songs I ever heard. And I was like, yo, I hope you're right. And then hearing it, I was like, bro, I really think that's a top, like, 5'10 Gerald Walker record. Yeah. How did that come about? <laughs> um, oh, damn. You know, um... I remember when I was making Target again, I was like, I was putting the bill for it, but I was still like on my broke boy shit, you know what I mean? And um, I just remember, or I remember, um, I remember hearing the beat from Swift D and um, I'm like, yo, I'm like, I want to break the walls in my family, the walls of racing classes, to vision what I see, you need a whole new pair of glasses. Mental walls in my mind. Lord, is it too much to ask this? I ain't no pastor, but I'm just trying to bring these walls down. And that shit just had me like, I, like, like the walls of Jericho is like, that's like the last barrier before you in the promised land. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, yo, man, I'm trying to do that for my family. You feel me? I'm trying to like, like put them, break those generational curses and those, and those tendencies and just really be that dude that kind of catalyzes a new direction. So that was really where I kind of went into making that record. Okay. Um, going I remember back it was to- funny. I remember when I wrote that demo and I sent it to Cardo. <laughs> like, he ain't hit me back immediately. It was like maybe uh, two hours later. He just hit me with mad gifts with niggas crying. <laughs> he was like, hey, bro. He's like, hey, bro, this song got my allergies acting up, bro. <laughs> Bro, that song is like Rob. I don't know if you've ever heard Walls of Jericho, bro. If you going through or you just trying to uplift yourself, that that song right there, man. I remember when Carlo tweeted it. I was like, yo, I gotta, I gotta have a mental note. Like whenever I hear Walls of Jericho, I gotta make sure I'm ready for it. And yeah, that that song is as advertised. I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna give you them random fire emojis that I do. Right. Rob the same way I hit Rob with a record Rob won't text me for like hours and then out of nowhere I forget that I even sent it to him fire emoji I'm like what did I st- oh he heard it <laughs> I'll be like yo that's your hard he's like what are you talking about <laughs> yo y'all niggas from Virginia no I'm from we from Maryland oh okay okay I got homies yeah. from, from from that same area and they, and they, and they sound just like y'all <laughs> <laughs> nah Rob sound like my manager BJ and I think DJ made you from Northwood, you know what I'm saying? So like <laughs> Shout out to the 75. Yeah, shout out but to But yo, man, like like we mentioned with the titles, um, one of my favorites of in your catalog, the other side, other half, my bad, I'm tripping. The other half of letting go. Right? Yeah. And on there, you you did your version of uh Crazy Bones is all real. Like that's I remember you tweeting like, yo, this People like that we know love this record. Like Wiz had even heard that record. That was one of his favorites. Like, how did that come about? Yeah. Um. So I'm a big Bone Thugs and Harmony fan, bro. Like I still be jamming them. I I mean, 
I grew up with Crazy Bone being my favorite rapper of all time. You know what I mean? What? Yeah, bro. Like, Crazy Bone, bro. It was just, I never heard another artist that has such an unusual and uncommonly, like, singing voice. But mm-hmm. he wasn't a singer. But was smooth and could have the cadence to ride the beat. But then just be saying the most thug-ass shit. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Like, I remember he had this one line. He was like, like get ready to duck. He's like get ready to duck. <laughs> like what do you say? Get ready to duck, bitch. You'll get fucked up. Don't get zipped in a body bag. They did that as a harmonize the most gangster shit. They said the most gangster shit. So I always like crazy. So then when I heard this all real, I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna just do this shit because I was listening to it and then Cardo was like, he was like, yo. Did you just flip the bone, John? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you a bone fan? I'm like, I love bone. And I think that's what made us get closer at that. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. That, that's definitely, like, one of my, my favorites for me. And I remember you just tweeting, like, yo, Ocardo was like, yo, Wiz, is, this is one of his favorite songs right now. And I'm like, yo, Gerald really, like, he he in them spaces. Me yeah. being a fan, it's like, yo, man, Gerald really coming. But I yeah. think your breakthrough moment in my eyes when you drop Believers Never Die, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's, to me... Bro, I still have that on my iTunes. That's probably your best spot. In my opinion, that's your best yeah, spot. Yeah, you, bro. Yeah, Top yeah, to yeah. bottom, it's like, dog, like, zero to 60? That's oh, yeah, the song yeah, we yeah. came in with, bro. <laughs> yeah. That transition from zero to 60 to Bulletproof Soul, yeah. that right there, like, that's probably one of my favorite transitions ever in music. Bro. Yeah, because it's like... It just go right in. <laughs> I, I wanted it just like that too. Like, you know what I mean? Damn, I kinda jam that shit. Yo, <laughs> Leaders Never Die is one of my favorite and probably my most complete body, like you said, bro. Like, like damn, bro. Like that shit was great, bro. Like that was a good project. And I think it really was the first record where my voice kinda I was really starting to find my voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even my my vocal production was starting to get better. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, nah. So, uh, what, what was your mindset making that? Because I remember you shut down that piff, and I was yeah. like, oh, he shut down that piff. Like, he's he's really like here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was crazy, man. Like, it was, it was just working. You know what I mean? Because I did, I think I did the first Christmas joint. No, I did On Your Side, the Christmas. Yeah. Then the other half of letting go and believers never die in less than twelve months. It was like, mm. hey, you back. really did do all of that. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was like four back to back to back. So I was not like, like in that Swiss beat zone. So, so we did that, and it was just a great man. It was just a great energy, bro. Like it was just a great energy, man. Cardo was sending me some fire, and um. I would send him records to sample, and then he would send me shit, and then it was so crazy. I wouldn't choose those beats. I wouldn't choose those beats, and then I would hear those beats on other people's. I'm like, damn, that's like, that's the shit I sent them to, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Can you give us an example of that? <laughs> um, There's a dude, I want to say, from Minnesota named Rocky Diamonds. I remember that. I remember that name. I think he got a few. Uh, I'd tell you, um, on... Dave East's debut album. Mm-hmm. He has a beat that's like it has a gun cock in it, like bah bah. And then it has like a crow in the back. Yeah. So that that joint came because me and Cardo was about to do a whole bone type of project. Mm. And I was at his house and I'm like, yo, bro, we gotta redo that bone and pot joint. And pot joint, I was about to say that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so he was like, nah. I'm like, yo, nah. Put the gun cock just like that, bro. He was like, all right. And then next thing you know, I heard that shit was on Dave East. You think it was tight? <laughs> no, no, no. It never was tight, bro. Because firstly, he crank out beats like that. Mm-hmm. And I know how difficult it is for producers to get placement. So I'm like, you know, he's going to get, get your joint. they like my nieces and nephews. So it's like, yo, if he can get, he going to give a beat to me or get 20, 25 bands for, oh, come on. Exactly. Like, bro. Exactly. Just remix the joint. Take my shit off and remix it, bro. Like, you know what facts, I mean? facts. I'm yeah. not gonna stop my man from getting his money. So that's yeah. real. So I'm. What can I ask? What happened? Like, do y'all are y'all still on good terms? Like, what happened with y'all musically? Because y'all were putting out so much at a time where it was just like, dang, bro. Like, Cardo's like, 
you know, Gerald's main producer, one of like in that rotation. Yeah. Nah, me and Cardo really, man, we still good, man. Like, bro, I remember a couple years ago, he was in New York. He's like, yo, little bro, where you at? Um, I'm going to tell you. So he's like, yo, little bro, where you at? I'm like, yo, I'm in New York. He's like, pull up. So I link him. I'm like, what's good? He's like, yo, we about to hit this party. Then we about to go. I got a studio session booked with this kid that just got signed to Columbia. So I got to do that. And then we just outside. So I go up in there and we chopping it up. Man, it's fucking Polo G. <laughs> oh, wow. It's Polo G. And um, so what's so crazy is that he played the record that I pop up at your party. Mm-hmm. And then little TJ walked right in to lay his verse on that record. You know That's I mean? crazy. And then me and Cardo, like, we, you know, he was like, damn, man, we left. And, you know, that wasn't that long ago. And um, I might just pull up on Cardo because I'm in Austin. He live in, he live in Texas, too. I might just go out there and fuck with him. But that's my bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we still be we, we still be shooting the shit. But, like, you know, it was important for me not to be a Nick, not to be an artist that, like, depended on one producer. Mm, and that's right. just starting to happen. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was only fucking with me when it was only on Cardo shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. It was just like. Nah, you know, so but that's my brother, man. That's my man forever. So Yeah, it's just crazy to see the success he's gotten. I'm like, yo, he was from from Wiz and it was you, it was really y'all two for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he hit a second win and he, he's winning, man. Like yeah. bro, like this is dope. Yeah, no, nah, that's my man. I'm happy for him too. Man, yeah, I remember he hit me up. He's like, yo, bro, you gotta come down, you gotta see the God, God's playing mansion. I'm like, what? He was like, nigga, the God's plan. He said, the, the shit I got off God's plan, you got to come see the mansion. Like, oh, dog. <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy for him, man. Nah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I guess other questions I want to ask you, like, you've toured with a lot of different people. I remember when you first toured with Yellow Wolf to, you know, you toured with Stiley. Like, how has your touring been over the course of the years, and what's some memorable tour stories you got? Um, you know, like I'm in Austin right now, and um, that Yellow Wolf tour had kind of started out here. Yeah, um, I still got so, tagged to that flyer somewhere on Facebook. Oh yeah, man, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so I mean, starting off with that, and then you know, doing shows with Chip the Ripper, and opening for Bun B. You know what I mean? That's and, hard. and then you know, like then you know, fucking with Stolly, and and I would say my um. My most fun probably is um, going to South Africa with Stolly, man. That was like a game changer, bro. Yeah, that's huge, bro. Was that your first time in Africa in general? Nah, nah, nah. nah. I had went out there on some regular story shit. I was out in um, Morocco. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so, mm. but then that one, we went to South, we went to Kenya, and then we went to, you know what I'm saying, Cape Town. And, how 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 is that experience for someone who, who's never been to Africa but will want to go? Like how is that? You know, when I went to Cape Town, it was it was it was almost overwhelming, bro. It was overwhelming, bro. Like, cause you go out there and you see how beautiful and gorgeous it is, bro. It's like it's like you feel like you feel disrespected, bro. You be like, bro, this the Africa that they've been really trying to hide from niggas. Mm. You feel me? And then you out there, I'm like, bro, these niggas out here is living better than people in America. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We in, 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 it was just a beautiful experience, bro. Like, I, I mean, if people can go, go. You know what I mean? If y'all can go to Cape Town, if y'all go anywhere, man, just, just go, man. It's, it's, it's a, Africa is beautiful, man. Now that's definitely on my bucket list before it's all said and done. <laughs> For sure. It's important. Did any of does any of your travels impact your music? Because I know like even on your latest project, you'll mention things from kind of like the, the experiences you've been. So how, how much does your traveling impact your music? It always does. You know, um even if you you know, in this conversation that we have you having, you talk about I remember when I saw me something, you like, yo what was like the catalyst for that it's just like shit I was a broke struggling nigga you know what I mean so so with the same like if my life as my life progressed and it got better my quality of life got better I was starting to travel more I was just writing about that as well so you know 
I'm, I mean, I'm always dropping travel references because I'm always writing when I travel. So it's like I wrote this shit in a, you know, I wrote this shit on a beach out in, you know, whatever. Or, you know what I mean? I wrote this out in Cape Town. I wrote this out in, you know what I mean? So I'm watching Martin on my way to Martinique. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> shit like that. Um, <clears throat> so it's so weird. like little... No. Little bookmarks for me, for myself personally. <laughs> so, so where's your 4 a.m. in Morocco? <laughs> nah, you know what? I wasn't doing nothing at 4 a.m. in Morocco. <laughs> nah, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing nothing. But I mean, I've been blessed to go a lot of places. I've been so many places that I don't even remember until it come up in, in conversation. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, it just makes you... That's what real education is, bro. Like, I, 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 I would say traveling and expanding your mind. And, and we in a global world now. So I think it's imperative for all people to just travel, man. You know what I mean? I don't even want kids until I can get a bag to just send them, you know what I mean? They're just anywhere. You feel me? They got to be outside. Right. So one thing I, I want to ask, you know, it, as your career right now, do you have a, a defining highlight? Like we were talking about the last dance, you know, when you think of the last dance, you think of Jordan's last shot. Like, do you have that moment where you were like, yo, if I had to pinpoint my favorite moment of my career, it would be blank? No, not yet. You know what I mean? Not yet. You know what I mean? I, I still feel like, you know, I don't know, maybe because I'm still hungry and I feel like I got a lot to um, offer not so much a lot to prove, just a lot to offer mm. that, you know, I don't, I don't really think about it. You know what I mean? I just, I just work and I'm going to just go until ain't no more breath left or, I'm, or, I, or I feel like it's time for me to do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get that first platinum album. Yeah. Uh, I probably should have done it He get first platinum album. I'm like, yo, he did it, bro. Right. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> So we, we got to, like, you asked us, you know, where we from. Born in Chicago, but your your adolescent years, you was in Milwaukee. Explain, like, both sides being, growing up in those cities. Yeah. Well, you know, it was great. You know, like, living in Chicago was great because, you know, I had uncles around me and family members that were really, really hardworking and successful. Um, I grew up in a, in a suburb, kind of like a black affluent suburb. I would probably compare it to like uh, maybe PG. Hey. Um, so I grew up in a suburb like that or in a, maybe an equivalent, give or take. And, um, you know, it was good, bro, because like my parents, they, they grew up in the hood, but they work hard. So I didn't have to. So, you know, even in my music, you never really hear me talk about like, Know, flipping birds and moving packs and smacking bitches and doing. All. I mean, come on, it's like they work. That would be a smack in their face if I did some shit like that. You know, like, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. And I don't take it upon myself to do it. So um, I had I had a pretty good, you know, as much as a single mom could do, bro. Like I did pretty well. Yeah, you know I mean, so um, you know, Chicago, man. You know, it's just the full, it's the it's the full epicenter of the country. And you know Milwaukee, you know, you know Milwaukee's Milwaukee. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really wasn't enough for me to do, but really listen to music and you know, I was fucking with the Milwaukee. I was a big Bucks fan because I was a huge Ray Allen fan back then too. So that gave me a little pride in being there. That that kind of made it okay for me to be there basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yo, you know what's crazy? And people never speak of how Giannis has Ray Allen's number. They yeah. never do, dog. You no, know, it's so crazy. Like I tweet about that a lot. I'm like, yo, I'll never. I'm like, and I'll never fuck with the Bucks because um, they never retired Ray Allen shit and just gave it to Giannis. Yeah, I never uh, with the Bucks like that, bro. That's so crazy. Cause it's like they don't even acknowledge like Ray Allen, like. No, Ray Allen was so cold, bro. Like, I think he kind of caught up in his shooting, and don't get me wrong, he's an amazing shooter. But like he was banging on cats, bro. he was dunking on cats. That's, I and, remember he dunked on fucking T Mac so crazy. Even T Mac bring that shit up. He brings that shit up, man. Like, bro, Ray Allen bro. was a jump man, bro. Like for real, for real, he was like. Oh, man, what was that big dog? Uh, Sam Cassell, Tim Thomas, six man of the year. 
Like, Tim Thomas, yo. George Carl. You're like, come on, man. Like, we was, man, they had a team, bro. And it's just like, I don't know, man. So I'm good on Milwaukee, bro. Like, you know, they suck. I don't know. I'm good on Milwaukee, bro. As a, as a franchise. You know what I mean? Shout out to Giannis, too. I think, I think Milwaukee, you know, Milwaukee fans deserve this moment that they got. Yeah. Mm. Giving that money to Michael Red and then him getting injured. Yo, Michael Red, yo. He had the clip, bro. Like, he mm-hmm. could drop 30. He got, like, 51 games. He was a shooting, bro. And then, you know, we had that team that we was talking about with the with the big three and Tim Thomas. He was a part of that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he was. was. Coming at the like, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, yo, niggas don't really talk about Ray Allen in Seattle. Bro, they don't bro. Damn, him, Rashard Lewis on two K, NBA two Ks all time. They got him the second best Seattle SuperSonics player next to KD, bro. What? They got KD at a ninety nine. They got Ray Allen as a ninety seven, and then Russ at a ninety six. Wow, wow, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all might be disrespecting Gary Payton, but, you know. <laughs> nah, but like, yo, those years, Gary was nice, but Gary was like, that, them, them teams weren't really all that great, to be real. What? Nah, they wasn't, because when like when they, when, it, when it was time for them to go against Chicago, like, I mean, the West just really wasn't. I mean, they won 72 games, though. <laughs> like, it ain't like they beat the, They lost to, like, But the Sonics did underperform. Remember, they were the first for one seed to get knocked out yeah. by an AC. Like, yeah. They were. So, like, the Sonics was just, like, they were good. They were great, but they wasn't, like, they, I think the Sonics are properly rated. Like, niggas don't yeah. think about them unless you really remember them. And that's because they were, like you said, they were, they were pretty underwhelming. But Ray Allen with the Seattle Supersonic, like <laughs> him and them battles he used to go through with Kobe, he used to be giving Kobe buckets. <laughs> he don't talk about it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, they Nah, be like, yo, hit before his um before he joined Boston, he literally had his career high in points per game that year before he joined Boston. Like, mm-hmm. like he was still giving young mad buckets. He was like 26 a game. Or something. Like 26, bro. Yes. Like, and all I say is, oh, he's a great shooter. I'm like, no, he's an amazing player, bro. I remember yeah. I got in an argument. It was like, yo, Reggie Miller is way better than Ray Allen. I was like, in what world, bro? <laughs> I wouldn't say way. No, nah, I wouldn't say that. Uh, uh, bro. Nah, he, I mean, Re- shout out to Reggie, man. Like, Yeah. I think like I think Ray just had that ceiling though. Like Ray, Ray could drop fifty. Like you ain't never really heard Reggie dropping fifty. Like right. a few thirties here and then, you know what I'm saying? Like he could score, but Ray was dropping fifty. Like yeah, Ray Allen come with thirty by half. Like, yeah, oh, like <laughs> like not nah, Ray. Yeah. So I gotta ask you, you know, back to the music, right? Is mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see what you think your top three projects. And why? My personal top three or three? Yeah, your, your personal top three. Wow, that's a great question, bro. Like, I ain't never, no one ever asked me that shit before. I would say, damn, I would say probably, personally, I'm going to go with Target. I mean, Target, you know what I mean? Then I would say number two, probably Believers Never Die. And um, I'm going to say three, Um, probably... And only a few ever find it. This one I just did last August. You know what I mean? And only a few ever find it. Because that shit was crazy to me. You know what I mean? I dig that. that that's that's respectable list. And, and speaking of something that, that could have made it. Oh, my album list a respectable list. <laughs> <laughs> Your fans be so arrogant. It's like, nah. All right, but listen, nigga. The best album is. Yeah, right? It's like, yo, home. So what do you think the best album is? He like, blueprint. I was like, that's cool, fan. But I like Hard Not Life Volume 2. <laughs> would you not want to do is forget four for you like fam it's me <laughs> it's my list no, you ranking me you like nah but, but your, no, I mean, like, your I, bars I, here like dog something no, that's real though yeah cause I mean you got a lot of great bodies of work and, and Rob like you know it's one thing for you to have a lot of great just regular records Mm-hmm. Oh, you got two Christmas classics, bro. Like every Christmas time, I'm playing your music, bro. Right. 
And what's so crazy, we was we was playing with the idea, um, because going back to Kirk Franklin. So when Kirk Franklin and the family did they they first album, the second debut album was Kirk Franklin and the Family Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was his second debut album. So we was always like, "Yo, your second debut album might have to be a full length Christmas joint." That and would be. Like, I ain't got no nice. more, bro. I ain't got no more in me. <laughs> that would be nuts. Bro. I had to be on a major. I had to be on a major. <laughs> nah, bro, you just gotta lose a couple of TVs, man. <laughs> Allegedly. Nah, but I still like listen to from Keep Going, uh, Keep Me Going to I Want It All, All On For Christmas Is Always Aldana. Like, I still listen to these joints, yo. I don't listen to them shits no more, bro. <laughs> life, life be moving so fast, bro. I'd be like, God damn, it just seemed like it was Christmas two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you touched on it. Would you ever get on a major? Like, what would be your terms to get on a major label now? No, we definitely had majors approach us, especially when we was doing this shit with Cardo. Like, I know Warner wanted to do a situation. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it just, I would have, I mean, as with any business situation, you got to do business with people that you feel are comfortable with it. I mean, and, and how comfortable you are with the other person on the other side. So, mm-hmm. like, if it was someone like you or Rob that was working, I wanted like, yo, we got to get this shit done because I believe in it and I'm going to do it. And I'm like, yo, if you leave, give me my walking paper. Just drop Facts, me. facts. Then right. I definitely do a situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they're really like, yo, we see what you're doing and we feel like we can make it bigger. We know how we can make you bigger. Um... I mean, I don't know, because I ain't really, I don't really make music to really just be selling music like that. From, yeah, because I was uh, going to ask you. Industry's perspective, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, as a fan, I I remember that era where, that I mean, the blog era, which I think it was a new golden era. People don't want to give it its credit. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, like, that time where you were bubbling with some of the cats that are now superstars. And I'm like, did you ever want to get to that level or you wanted just to make your own way? You know, the thing was, is I always did, but I think the difference between me and those dudes that really want superstars is that, like, they really had, like, they really had, like, the resources. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, what well, me and my homies, like, you got people like Add To. Um, Shout out Add To. Yeah. So, where people like me and Add To, like, I would say it like this we weren't supposed to really be on those blogs. Uh. It's just we were making music. That the bloggers just really fuck with, yeah, so, you breaking know what I mean? through. Like a guy, another guy, like Sylvan LeCue. You know what I mean? Like guys like Sylvan were just like they were just making good music that people fuck with, and that you mm-hmm. know what I mean. That was enough. Um, so yeah, but um, I think now, bro, I'm I be chilling, bro. I wake up and I do what I want, bro. I make what I want, and I don't really know if I'm ready to depart. I actually like not being popular and famous like that, bro. Like, <laughs> cities, bro, I, I can't imagine, like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, niggas. yeah. <clears throat> now, that's though. I definitely wanted to ask. I'm like, man, Gerald, I felt like you were like on the cusp, and I'm thinking, like, maybe Gerald's out of here, you know, but everyone has their own way. But I always mm-hmm. wanted to hear that you never get to the direct access to ask someone, like, hey, why do you think you could have went this way or that way? So. Yeah, and I think it was a lot of my subject matter too, bro. Like I don't think of like my music has always been in a weird gray spot. It ain't like it ain't like gospel music. It's definitely uh-huh. too lewd to be gospel. But yeah, <laughs> it's like not all the way way hip hop too. It's just like that weird inspirational type joint that is kind of like it's kind of hard to compartmentalize. And it's like, all right, well, hey man, use the first chance. <laughs> nah, I definitely was, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I, nah, mean, I definitely wasn't the first chance because I was never <laughs> that gospel with it. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, you know. <laughs> I remember your albums were like labeled under life. Like you put that, I think some of my, like your albums are still labeled under life. It's not labeled under rap or whatever. It's, it's life. So, yeah. so and that's what it is, man. So, you know. If shit like that catch on, I'm sure somebody will come knocking. If it don't, like, I'm going to just still be speaking my mind, traveling around the world, doing fly shit. 
I feel that. So with, with this project, like, how long do you want to go, you know, break-wise until you want to start working on the next body of work? I'm going to probably have something out by July, for real, to be honest. So, yeah, and I ain't no stopping. So you're just going to give it out in, like, an EP installments? Yeah. But you know what? I might drop a song because... I don't really got a lot to say right now. So I'm yeah. it if I don't, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm living, bro. Like, I'm just living and I'm chilling. If I feel like I got something to say, I'm going to go back and probably take two weeks, three weeks and knock out 11, 12 songs and then throw them out. I dig that. That's what's up. All right. One of my last fan questions and then we can wrap this up. Oh, I got a couple more, but... Are you still cool with Brian Stewart? Because you guys made amazing music together, dog. Yeah, I'm still cool with that nigga Bryant, man. Like, he's still doing his thing. I was just um, commenting on his photos on IG. Yeah, that's my dog. Yeah, because I think you guys, like, you and Cardo have amazing chemistry. And you and Bryant, yeah, every time they did a song together, it was a smash, bro. Yeah, Bryant hard, man. Like, nah, he was hard. Like, I would, I would do a... Um, I would do like if I went major, I would like try to use one of them albums to do a joint with him, just so people can fuck with him as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I I would be standing like crazy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, are right, we got asked the the you know the, the questions? You're on an island, man, for a year. You only can listen to three bodies of work. Mm-hmm. You listen to. Um. Damn. I'm gonna say what you're looking for, Kirk Franklin and the family. Okay. Um, the Art of War by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh man, yeah. And um, um, shit, probably Zagora by Loose Ends. Hmm. You know what I mean? So. I'm going to probably take those two because I love funk and, and old school R&B too. So I'm going to probably take that. Or if not the Zagora one, I might take the um, Anita Baker's Greatest Hits. Because if I'm going to be on an island by myself, them sunsets going to be crazy. I'm going to need something to listen to. <laughs> Give me kind of, you know what I mean? Ready for that the sweet night. love. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> the best thing yet. Type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going I'm to go with those three. All right, what's the last rap album that impressed you? You was like, dang, this person came through and delivered. Now this one out the park. Um, I, I was really fucking with the um Jank tape by Kent Jams and Buddy. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That shit came out last. Um, and you know I always fuck with Kent Jams, Kent Jams, because when he was over at um fucking with Overdose, they were another like blog group that was kind of crazy. I had that song Laura London, which mm-hmm. was crazy. And, um, mm. and then Buddy, i always been fucking with Buddy since, um, you know, um, him and Stolly did that record Party Heart with um, Ross. Yeah, I and remember that. Party Heart. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he got signed by Pharrell, and then he put out his shit, and he used to do the status symbol shits with Nipsey. So I'm a big Buddy fan, too. Um... But yeah, the Kid Jams and Buddy Joint, Jank Tape, that shit was crazy. I still listen to that joint. All right. Um, if you had to do a top three in your catalog, what would it be? Songs? Songs. Oof. Um, probably number one, Bulletproof Soul. <laughs> it's just a record I never get tired of hearing. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn. Um... Time um, from the record that was on ESPN. That's like one of my recent joints. That's a good, like, feel good record. It's a good record to perform too. Like, I, I just, I just start my show. The, the you said start, that, you said it all. Yeah, I just started. Yeah. <laughs> First verse, I'm out there just rapping. Niggas is like, oh shit. And um, what else? I would say um, the things we think and do not say. From the other half of Lango, that was one of them records where I was just like, "Am my like, yo, man? This is kind of a well thought out, kind of clever joint." So, yeah, I would say those. Uh, 
You approve of that list, bro? Yeah, that's a good list. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have said uh, last, but uh, you know, uh, or no, nah, you know what? I would say, um, I would take. I'm gonna tell you, I would take things we think and do not say off. And I would say, I would say, um, in the end, my word is all I have. From um, and um, this and um, damn, my titles be so fucking long. It's called um. <laughs> And, uh, and only a few ever find it because with the family was with the seven thousand they was doing on there, and you know with the arrangements and then it was just a great song, bro. I, I think from a technicality standpoint, I just sit back and be like, damn, we did that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Nah, I was bumming bulletproof soul the other day, so definitely like, <laughs> yo, hey, that believers never die, man. Um. I guess a couple questions, Rob. If you if you got anything you can you know spitball, um, what would be one piece of advice you want to give to an artist who's trying to you know make their way in the industry? Um, damn, I would say just um just be strategic as possible. You know what I mean? Be strategic. Um, be different. You know what I mean? And and um really really focus on the presentation you know what i mean and um get outside if you really want to make it get outside like like don't be always trying to just send niggas records over emails because it's too easy to just delete them and ignore them like you know if you know it's somebody that's an influencer or someone at a magazine like pull up on them you know what i mean bother them you know and um have some type of strategy and you know make good music you know what i mean for real all right, and then my last question, Rob. You got any afterwards? Cool. Um, it's 2020. If you could say something to your 2012 self, what would it be? Um, damn, in 2012. I got to think about where I was. Um, what advice I would give him? Yeah. Um. I don't think I would give him any advice. I think if I could, and I could just appear to the 2012 Gerald probably on his mom's couch on his computer writing a song, I'm gonna just be like, yo, bro. Thank you, my nigga. Thank you. And then That's I'm hard. Be, you know what I mean? And then hopefully I would just get it like, oh, no. This nigga Jeff said, thank you, nigga. <laughs> nah, that's what I would probably do. Uh, yeah, my, only, my last question to top it all off is, so once the pandemic's over, what's the first thing you feel like getting into? Like, Man, shit, I'm already getting into shit with the pandemic, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just cutting back, you know what I mean, and practicing social distancing. But I would, pro- I would probably take a trip. I was, I wanted to go to Buenos Aires for my birthday, man. But you know, they say in South America is gonna be the new epicenter for the Corona shit. So mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna yeah. take a trip, bro. I'm gonna take a trip somewhere, and, and, and I don't know. That's what I'm gonna do, though. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get into is some airline, some aircraft, and go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the fuck. Yeah, I got to, man. I just love it too much. Favorite uh, travel destination for someone who hasn't been anywhere? Anywhere, man. For me, anywhere in the Mediterranean. You know what I mean? I'm a water, so I'm a cancer. So, you know, we like that type of shit. But, like, I've been on a few. I've been on some yachts. And I've been on some cruise ships, some luxury cruise ships. I've been on regular boats, regular small boats. And, like... Well, that Mediterranean Sea, the Aegean Sea, bro, like, especially at sunset and sunrise, bro, it's like, it's the most magical shit, bro. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy, bro. That's what, that's what I think I'm gonna go, man. You know what I mean? So, somewhere in that area, Italy, Greece, some shit like that. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Um, Gerald, it's truly been a pleasure have you on the podcast. Uh, 
again, lifelong fan and supporter. So had this finally happened. I like I got tweets where I'm like, yo, I'm gonna interview Gerald Walker one day. <laughs> and he's like, all right, bet. <laughs> and like it, it finally happened. So I delete I delete shit from my iTunes every day. I still got believers never die. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> like, I showed the shirt. Bro. I still got the shirt, man. Yeah, now I'm gonna go jam that shit just because y'all put me on it. Zero. So what, as we do on our podcast, what do you want the outro song? You get to pick any song. What do you want it to be? Um, I would say they could never bring us down. They can never bring us down from uh, and only a few of them find. It. I feel like it's a good one to kind of. Uh, track two um, from and only a few will find it and there you have it folks Gerald we appreciate you man thank you thank you um, hopefully guys y'all go listen to this catalog there's a lot of gems and a lot of inspirational music um, one of my favorites man so you guys be safe y'all be easy stay safe and stay sane during this these tough times we all gonna get through it eventually and, uh, until the next time, peace. Peace. All right, Joe, before you get up out of here, let's, you know, you're coming with a drop. Okay. Uh, go from there. I'm recording, so, you know, just whenever you're ready. All right, what am I saying? You could be like, I'm Gerald Walker, and you're listening to A Thousand Jumpers. A Thousand Jumpers? Yeah. Man, that is hard. I can't even fry. Thanks, Joe. Gerald Walker Bang Yeah Fine beast Man, if I say it, then I mean it Don't stop my shit that I don't got About my riches, time to get you This one-way ticket is to the top ACG, that's what I believe IF diamonds all in my watch See, it don't matter how slow you move It just matter that you don't stop Nigga, I puff trees in the Maldives See, me and my niggas been reaping crops From all of the seeds in which we planted Now the whole pantry's overstocked Just out in Clinton, Clinton, New Jersey Bought the three series off of the lot With no deal, my shit is real Boy, I never was something in which I'm not Nigga, not from pimping, not from shooting I'm only guilty for shooting my shot From forgotten to on and popping I'll pull up now and these niggas is shocked Every new level brings a new devil Holds my DMs all on my job They wanna carp them into my soul But nigga, my soul ain't gon' fit in no box They can't bring me down, My drink, I live my life, fuck what they think. Make sure that gas for live my tank can't bring me down. Nah, let it breathe. Yeah, jail. I stay up on my grind. I don't waste money, don't waste time. And they can't stop me, but keep trying. And I wake up, I say my prayers. I get prepared by 9 o'clock. I put I curly in my hand. Brush my teeth, then I hit the block. Got wisdom from my mother. Tenacity from my pops, yeah. Though he wasn't around, he's giving me that, so I can't knock. No, I can't knock him for that. Doors don't open, we breaking locks. They can't relate, so niggas they hate. Congregate, why they taking shots at what we do? We had not boo, but my two, he said, take his shots. Built our foundations on rocks, not the sand. If you relate, help me say. Say, 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 say. They can't bring me down, down, nah. can if you let them listen i roll my butt i sip my drink i live my life fuck what they think make sure that gas fill in my tank and bring me down 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 no listen you know i stay up on my grind i don't waste money don't waste time and they can't stop me but keep shaking bring me down take us home yo jay you can fade this shit out let's go to the next one on to the next one. One step at a time, music, blue collar gang, 2019 and beyond, nigga. Uh. Forever. When you make real music, that shit lasts forever. Yeah. Yeah. Can't bring me down. Down, 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 down.